Good morning. It is Wednesday, September 22nd, and this is the Commuter Devotional. My name is Chuck, and I'm so glad that you have decided to join us today as we seek to engage our God in Scripture and prayer before the busyness of their day begins. Friends, I'm really enjoying these minor prophet books. At first, I was apprehensive. Some folks had sent in some suggestions to tackle these books, and I'm pretty unfamiliar with most of them. So diving into them was a little bit daunting. But I just said to my wife tonight as I was getting ready to prepare for this episode, I said, man, these books are so good. I know Zephaniah pretty well. That's the next book we're going to be doing. And the two that we just did have been so full of life. I'm really enjoying it. And the way we started off Habakkuk, I know this is going to be a good book too. So let me read our passage for us today. I'll pray and then we'll dive right into it. This is Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 12 through chapter 2, verse 5. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord, my Lord, the Holy One? We will not die. O Lord, you have ordained them as judgment, and you, O Rock, have established them for reproof. You who are of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? You made mankind like the fish of the sea, like crawling things that have no ruler. He brings all of them up with a hook. He drags them all out with his net. He gathers them in his dragnet, so he rejoices and is glad. Therefore he sacrifices to his net and makes offerings to his dragnet. For by them he lives in luxury, and his food is rich. Is he then to keep on emptying his net and mercilessly killing nations forever? I will take my stand at my watchpost and station myself on the tower, and look out to see what he will say to me, and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. Moreover, wine is a traitor, an arrogant man who is never at rest. His greed is as wide as Sheol. Like death, he has never enough. He gathers for himself all nations and collects as his own all peoples. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this week. We're about halfway through now, and Lord, you've gotten us this far, and we ask for more strength today. Lord, fill our cups. Fill it to overflowing with your word and with your spirit today. As we look at Habakkuk now for the second time, and the second question and the second answer, Lord, give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Amen. I love the way that Habakkuk starts this second complaint as it's labeled in my Bible. The Lord has just answered. He has just given Habakkuk an insight into how he is going to carry out his judgment both on the Assyrians and on Judah. He says the Babylonians are coming. And Habakkuk's answer is, are you not the everlasting God? It's an astounding statement to the everlasting God. It's almost like, do you know what you're even saying? Have you thought this through? He says in verse 13 that he has, the Lord has purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong. So why do you let traitors swallow up those who are more righteous than he? Basically, he's saying, 
you're going to use the Babylonians, God, as judgment against the Assyrians and against the nation of Judah, even though the Babylonians are even more wicked than those who are in Judah, even more wicked than those who are supposed to be your people. Yes, the people are bad. Yes, they are. We get it. But the Babylonians, Lord, you're from everlasting. Have you ever seen a nation like them? They're way, way worse. And at the end of his complaint, he says, I'm going to wait and stand here and see how the Lord is going to answer me. And the Lord does answer him. His answer is pretty short and pretty sweet. He says, well, we're going to make it plain, Habakkuk. Open up your tablet and write this down so that anyone who reads it will be able to run away from it. Because this vision is going to come true. I am going to make it happen. If it seems slow, wait for it, because it's coming and it's not going to delay. You can't slow it down, and I'm not going to speed it up. My plan will go forth. And then the Lord says something amazing in verse 4. He says, Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. It seems like he's setting up a contradiction here. There's the one who's puffed up and arrogant. Remember at the end of the Lord's first reply, he says that they will sweep away like wind because their might is their own God. Here he's saying they're puffed up. They're not upright within them. Though they're full of pride, they are not righteous. And then he defines who is. The righteous shall live by faith. This is a big moment in the total storyline of the gospel from Adam and Eve to where we are today. The Lord is defining what true righteousness looks like. There is the law. The law is what Israel has lived under for a long time. And the law sets out different standards by which, through obedience, the Israelites can become united once again to God in this covenant. But at the heart of the law, at the heart of all of it, is this idea of faith. If this verse sounds familiar to you, or at least part of it does, it's because it's quoted in a very famous passage in the New Testament by the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, where he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is God's power for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Gentile. For in it God's righteousness is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Paul is taking this passage from the book of Habakkuk, translating it after the resurrection into what the gospel is now, the sealed covenant by the blood of our King Jesus Christ. The righteous shall live by faith. So in the Lord's reply to Habakkuk, he doesn't just say, hold on Habakkuk, wait, I will do it. He's saying, don't look to the means. Look to the one who sends the means. Have faith in your God. Be righteous. Live by faith in me. I know you have questions, Habakkuk, but have faith in your God. My friends, as we go today, what a sobering reminder of the response that God expects from his people when he's doing things that seem contradictory. When it seems like good things are happening to bad people and bad things are happening to good people and we cry out just like Habakkuk does, Lord, aren't you from everlasting? Shouldn't you have a better grasp of what's going on than what you see right now, than what is actually happening, O God? And the Lord's reply says, have faith in me. 
The righteous shall live by faith. That is the reply. That is the response that the Lord expects from us. My friends, how do we feel about that response? Is that good enough for us? Do we feel like that response pricks us down to the very bones? Or do we feel like it's a cop-out? Do we get offended by a response like that? Like the Lord is disregarding the cares of his people, of his child. Let's think about that today. If there's anything that we've learned from these minor prophets, it's that our response to God shouldn't be marked by feelings or emotions, but should be marked by the word of God itself. On Wednesdays, we always pray from one of the Psalms. And being that today is September 22nd, let's pray from Psalm 22. Our God in heaven, Lord, it's, it is passages like this one that do prick us. They're strong responses from you that you expect from your people. We see right away that we don't always measure up to that standard. God, you are holy. You're enthroned in the heavenly places. Our fathers and our generations that preceded us all believed in you and surely wrestled with these same issues. They cried out, and you did not put them to shame, but comforted them, Lord. You rescued them by your word. And Lord, that's our prayer today. Won't you show us through your word and by your spirit over and over again why a response such as the one you gave Habakkuk and the one that Paul brings into our resurrection era, the church era, shouldn't be a hard response but one that flows naturally from a heart that sees you as the highest good, the greatest being, the almighty God of all creation. God, we are reminded in Psalm 22 of how lowly we can be, of how much our sin separates from you. He cries out, I am a worm, I am not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by all peoples. They mock me, they wag their heads, and yet we remember that you are the one who brought us into being. You took us from our mother's wombs. You helped us to grow, to be the people we are today, and you will not be far from us. For when trouble is near, we have help. So God, be our help today. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Go in peace. I will see you tomorrow.